United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Foreign policy did go in play into the Democratic candidates' debate last night. Among In this case, let's hear a little bit from former Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Amy Klobuchar. We're in a situation where our allies in Europe are making a comparison between the United States and Iran, saying both ought to stand down, making a moral equivalence. We have lost our standing in the region. We have lost the support of our allies. The next president has to be able to pull those folks back together. I would leave some troops there, uh, but not in the level that uh, Donald Trump is taking us right now. Afghanistan, I have long wanted to bring our troops home. I would do that. Uh, some would remain for counterterrorism and training. In Syria, I would have not have removed the 150 troops from the border with Turkey. I think that was a mistake. I think it made our allies and many others much more vulnerable to ISIS. One aspect of this you didn't hear much of last night was what we want to talk about with our next guest because the long-term ramifications, the killing of Iranian Commander Qasem Soleimani remain to be seen. But as, as uh, Nancy Lindbergh points out, as this high-stakes situation plays out, the distinct danger is that Iraq and Afghanistan, the two fragile countries flanking Iran, will become collateral damage. Let's explore that more again. Nancy Lindborg with us, the president of the United States Institute of Peace, tweeting at Nancy Lindborg. Nancy, welcome. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Tim. Good to be with you again. We hear much about Iran. We have heard more about Iraq, obviously, because of their connection to the attack, as well as some of the protests that were playing out on the street in the embassy and so on. Not so much about Afghanistan. What are we missing? Well, you know, both Iraq and Afghanistan are uh, very fragile neighbors flanking Iran, and both of them obviously have been uh, two countries we've heard a lot about for the last decade and a half where we've been working hard to help those two countries. Very hard work uh, emerge from war. We've got troops stationed in both countries, and also importantly, both countries have populations that are increasingly hoping for and calling for peace. Particularly in Afghanistan, there's been an off and on, again, uh, effort to broker a peace accord, both between the U.S. and the Taliban, and also, most importantly, between the Afghans and the Taliban. All of this can be put at risk with the current tensions, as both countries really fear becoming collateral damage in the escalating tension between the U.S. and Iran. Nancy, one of the things you write is for decades, Iran has hosted millions of Afghan refugees. And you note that an Afghan woman leader from Kabul tell you that Iran understands them much better than the U.S. does. Why is this important? Well, it's important because, uh, again, they've got a long border. They've Many, many Afghans are refugees in, in Iran. And uh, the ability of Iran to mobilize uh, those those Afghans who are primarily uh, Hazara in Iran to to go back into Afghanistan, target American interests, undermine the peace negotiations this is a very real threat. Um, President Ghani issued um, a very specific statement in the aftermath of the killing of uh, General um, Soleimani to you know to not pull Iraq, uh, Afghanistan into this rising conflict. Um, they, of course, are still in a very, very fragile situation, but there is 
hope that there can be a move towards peace. That's what I heard um, over and over again on my trip there just a month and a half ago. And so, you know, they share a border, as does Iraq, and both countries have to balance uh, their alliance with the United States, their reliance on the United States with their relationship with a neighbor that will not go away. Iran is in the neighborhood uh, and has the ability and the history of exerting a lot of influence, often malign influence, but also a lot of economic ties. You know, Afghanistan is landlocked. They have to go through Iran to use to use an important port. Nancy Lindborg with us with the United States Institute of Peace. As you mentioned, a month and a half ago you were there. I wonder if you were uh, surprised by or what we should take away from the pushback from the Iranian citizenry after the Iranian leadership, if you will, fumbled the revelations that it had shot down a Ukrainian airliner. What, what, what do we see in the street and what does that tell you? Well, it tells, it tells me that, you know, look, 2019 was the year of people power around the globe. We saw on almost every continent that people were reasserting their demands for more accountable, uh, less repressive governments. And that was true in Iran as well. There were protests throughout the fall. Um, after the killing of General Soleimani, people coalesced in support um, of of the of of the general we saw that with the massive demonstrations but then after the revelations that their government had shot down this aircraft the protests resumed uh, against the government and similarly in Iraq uh, since October people were protesting uh, strongly and in in large numbers calling for a more accountable government in Iraq and importantly less influence of Iran in Iraq. And so it's important, I would charge that as these um, high stake uh, situation plays out at the top levels of our, of our government and uh, governments in the region, that we, that we not over, uh, we not cover up and undermine the voices of the people in the street, especially in in Iraq, they really want a government that is freed from Iranian influence, and we risk we risk undermine uh, undermining their their influence and their momentum. Speaking of Iraq, one of the things you wrote, and by the way, we're in the midst of a presidential campaign during which Senator Bernie Sanders continues to hammer away at Joe Biden for his vote in the Iraq war and to claim that he did not support, well, to claim rightly that he did not support the war, something, a vote that was taken 18 years ago. And to this day, we're still watching very closely to see what the policy is going to be. You note that a precipitous withdrawal of U.S. troops from Iraq would set the stage for ISIS to return in the country as it did for the group's emergence in 2011. Number one, Nancy, that sounds like a tough political sell in this country. And number two, it's tough in the, it sounds like a tough sell in Iraq because the opinion there seems to be divided, as you note. So is there a solution at hand for that? Well, I think it's going to take some very assertive and focused diplomacy uh, as you note, opinion is divided in Iraq. The recent Iraq, uh, Iraqi parliamentary vote, uh, which was non-binding, that said withdraw the troops, the U.S. troops from Iraq, was primarily a, a, a Shia vote. And the other two big uh, sec, um, uh, sectors, the, uh, both the Sunni and the Kurdish parliamentarians, did not vote. Um, 
when I was there uh, not too long ago, I heard over and over again of an acute fear that ISIS will return. It, it, despite the territorial defeat of, Risa, of ISIS, it is still very present in Iraq, and we should not undermine. We should not underestimate. Um, the p- potential of ISIS to come back and regroup in a very, very significant way. It's a fear. There are constant attacks underway even now um, in villages and communities across Iraq. We saw what happened in 2011. Uh, if we would precipitously withdraw our troops now, I-, I think there's no doubt that we would see a resurgence of ISIS um, again. Um, and similarly in Afghanistan, there is a negotiation underway. I think everybody wants to withdraw our, our troops from both countries. But the question is, how do we do it in a more responsible way that truly ends these endless wars, that brings us more sustainable peace to Afghanistan and a more accountable government with less of a possibility of ISIS uh, roaring back into that country, which is not in our interest certainly not in the interest of the Iraqi people. Nancy, as always, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, Tim. Always a pleasure to be with you. Nancy Lindborg, president of the United States Institute of Peace, showing once again that foreign policy is not a bumper sticker, something you can easily apply to four words or less. Talking about Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, and the U.S. relationship with all. She is tweeting at Nancy Lindborg and Nancy L-I-N-D-B-O-R-G. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.